You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Good evening and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm John, I'm your host for tonight. And tonight I am joined by Andy, who's back on after being on for the, the preview of the season. How you doing, Andy? I'm good, thanks, John. Yeah, the never been a yep. few weeks. Aye, good to have you on again. Uh, we'll run. We'll go straight into what happened with the charity bets for the goal scorer. Hamish had picked Todorov of Kildon Beef uh, in a game that was a, an actual goal fest. However, he didn't score first. I don't even think he scored at all, actually. So that one went down this morning. The other bet. We were close again. I think every time, apart from when we won last week, we've had two out of three. Uh, we had Hearts, they won. We had Aloha, they won. But we were let down by Motherwell and we'd gone for over two and a half goals and it finished 0-0. A Paul band, it was. Those have listened, Those two have listened for since the start. We'll know a 0-0 is called a Paul band on the podcast. Uh, we're not sure at the moment whether we have got charity bets this week because there's no actual league card um, there's a still Iron Brew Cup and obviously the Scotland match, which we'll maybe talk about briefly later on if we can fit it in. So we'll probably just get and well, maybe briefly talk about Celtic. They obviously got through to the group stages of Champions League. Did you see any of that, Andy? I must admit, I didn't actually know. I was um, basically through something I was having to work on at uh, you know at work that that particular night. I got held back quite late, so uh, never actually managed to, to catch any of it. I mean, well, I caught the goals, obviously. Yeah came across as being a, a really nervy night for, for Celtic. Um, you heard it described as being, you know, I think one commentator called it the, you know, the sort of the longest 90 minutes that they'd ever actually seen. It just felt like it, it went past so so slowly. How tense it was and, and what was at stake just to hold on. And it's obviously the first time they've, they've made it this far in, you know, a number of years, yeah. uh, three years. So clearly means a, a huge amount to them. Absolutely. I think the main thing was just them getting through for their sake, uh, much as whether... We discussed that a wee bit Hamish and me last week, whether it's good or bad for Scottish football, kind of mixed, or maybe benefits the national team, but benefits Celtic, but does it really benefit anyone else? I know they get people, teams get a wee bit of money for Celtic getting in, but it dwarfs in comparison with Celtic getting an estimated £25 million. So, yeah, no, they, they certainly, uh, you know, they, the other clubs will, will benefit to an extent, but it, it, it probably will push Celtic much further, um, you know, over and above the rest of the league, and, you know, certainly... I can see them winning it by a, a fairly hefty margin. Yeah, the Premiership I'm, I'm talking about here. Yes, um, yeah. And, you know, this will this will do nothing to, to kind of, you know, stop them in their tracks. This is only going to, you know, help them along their way. So um, uh, just given how Rangers have toiled in the early stages, it does look like it could be a, you know, a 20-odd pointer. I suppose it hasn't been in the last couple of seasons. Aberdeen have finished second, but um, you, know, you just feel like they've got the, the strength and depth now to, to kind of alternate between league and, and Champions League at their, you know, just at their comfort, really. Absolutely, yeah. And I think Broderick has been quite kind of ruthless in terms of players that he doesn't want involved anymore. Um, and there's a few likes of Commons uh, is likely to leave. I kind of read Armstrong, Mackay, Stephen Hank as well, or possibly surplus to requirements. There could be a few more moves. Um, well, tomorrow. Yeah, the, the yeah it all has to happen tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I certainly are on the. You know, on the outskirts of the squad, and Nadia Chiefty, another one as well. Yeah, uh, just guys that haven't had a, haven't had a look in as yet. Really pleased to Ryan Christie come on the other week against Johnson and and find the net. You know, I'd been a bit worried about you know him having seen the early part of his career and just how much of a talent he is. You know, just what was going to happen to him. You know, the the early part of Brendan Rodgers' tenure, but um, 
you know, although one goal, you know, isn't going to, you know, secure him, you know, one swallow doesn't make a, a summer. He, um, he it's, he's at least getting the, the opportunity. I know it's not exactly going to do him any harm. So, absolutely, uh, he's going to get more chances as well now that obviously Johansson went to Fulham. Yes, uh, he was so, another one that was that was very much on the way out. They've obviously strengthened again today with Gambola at right back. I was going back to the European game last week against Tapwell Beersheba. Um, the performance of Janko at right back was was heavily <laughs> criticised. So. I suppose that was that was always going to be a you know a key area for Rogers to to, to target before the line tomorrow. Yeah, I think as well. Obviously, with the likes with Lustig and the injury problems he's had at Celtic the last couple of years, it's just an area definitely they don't need to, to strengthen. And they have, and he's got a, he's got plenty of experience, uh, Gamboa as well from his time down south and then even before that as well. So don't, don't know. I can't say I know much about him in terms of looking at him, but he's still got plenty of experience. It could be a, an astute signing, and you I would still think there might be someone else coming in before the window closes, but. Yeah, in case I maybe wait and see for Celtic fans. Uh, probably, I think we'll probably move into the Premiership. Well, I don't know whether maybe just to go into the Celtic game and then we'll go back to Friday, seeing as it maybe ties in flows a bit better with yep, makes sense, what we've discussed. Uh, I, I had hopes that Aberdeen maybe get some kind of result. It's been obviously a long time since in the league anyway that Aberdeen got a result at Parkhead. So now 23 games now I think it is. I think it is, yeah, and uh, no clean sheet since '94, uh, I think, as well. I heard somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the the irony of that is the last, well, the last time we got a, a league victory there came straight after the previous one. You know, there were consecutive yeah. Don's victories at Parkhead, and one was a David's Zrelich winner, and one was John Stewart. And, yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, one of them was a a vastly better side than the other. We've been winning there with a, a team full of, of kids. Yeah. Um, and it, it broke Celtic's, I think, 78-match home unbeaten record, which included all their European games as well. But, yeah, it feel a long time ago. Aye. Um, Cup games has been a wee bit of success, but... There has, yeah. For some reason, yeah. it gets just... Aye. A bit more angst, probably, about the best we can say. <laughs> uh, the, g- the game itself, is, aye, Celtic were pretty dominant, I think. For, when Aberdeen got to 1-0, it was very fortunate. And then, I suppose potentially, much as not been maybe played particularly in the first half, if at least maybe good in a half time one all, at least McInnes, the team the team talks a wee bit different than when they obviously go in two one ahead just before half time. Yeah, I think that was a real key actually. Um, that Forest goal just in the stroke of half time because, yeah, I mean I think I think you're probably right about the way. You, I mean I wasn't at the game myself, but um, you know it seemed as if the uh, the the Rooney equaliser came against the uh, the run of play. Um, Celtic at that stage they got themselves ahead through wonder from Griffith you know just simply unstoppable just now Yeah. Um, and before that they'd, they'd obviously you know, hit the bar um, so you know it was I think by all accounts the first half was the one that Celtic deserved to be leading it in but you know if Aberdeen had got to half time 1-1 they could have you know said right we've weathered this storm and um, you know we, we've, we're now in a good position where the home crowd might get frustrated yeah um, you know, by all accounts, Aberdeen did take the game to Celtic, you know, to a pretty decent level in the second half, but, um, you know, perhaps just lacking the, the sort of cutting edge that was required to test Doris de Brees. But um, obviously the, the two late goals made it look a, a bit of a, a mulling. Yes. Um, but it probably, you know, flattered Celtic a bit. Yeah, I think they've just frustrated from some Aberdeen fans, which we've probably seen yourself as the formation that Aberdeen set up with. I know... At times, maybe there's been three at the back played, but seemed to be a bit more defensive-minded than what Aberdeen would normally be. And whether maybe we've invited Celtic on to a bit too much, that's maybe been a problem. 
But yeah, I suppose it's maybe just trying something different because it may be the way Celtic play in terms of the their midfield can dominate games. And also the resources that were available to, to miss as well, you've got to remember, because, I mean, you know, Ryan Jack was, was, was down to play before coming to the virus. He did have a Craig story on the bench. Um, yeah. You know, played very well against Celtic at Pataudry in the, the game in February that yeah. obviously Aberdeen won. Um, I'm sure there, he would have had no problem in, in this fixture. But, you know, maybe just going by players that were, you know, on form and um, just it was it was a case of maybe just being being a little bit more sure and, you know, guys that have been playing a bit more regularly of, of late and, it was perhaps just down to, to the resources that, that he had available. Yeah, I think potentially as well, Aberdeen were already needing maybe another central midfielder, but the fact Jack's not going to be out for a wee bit of time, he's getting up. Did, did today he was having an operation? Yeah, today, so I'm sure how, how it's gone as yet. We'll, we'll hear about that later in the week. I mean, I think we will probably see more of Craig's story in the you know the weeks to come. Um, I think, you know, we, we got a, a bit of a glimpse of him midway through last season and he stepped up to the mark really well. Yep. Obviously, Graham Shinney's played there just about every season so far and has done extremely well. Um, you know, I'm fast becoming convinced that that is his best position. Oh, Shinney, I uh, think so. I, I think yeah. he's terrific there. I can't believe he's been withdrawals that Scotland have had today. Yes. Or he's still not in there. Especially the exactly. fact he can yeah. cover left-back and centre-back so well. Like Hamish and me spoke about that a wee bit last week, but I'm still astonished that he's not in the squad. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Know, what he asked, been... I don't know what he has to do. He should have been prior to originally. But he's still I can't understand it. He's a he's a player that should have been called up an Inverness player. It's not you know as if this is anything new. Um, he's been worthy of you know regular inclusion for two perhaps more years now. Yeah. Um, but obviously doesn't seem to have really done quite enough in Gordon Strachan's eyes, which is very frustrating. But yeah, yeah. In terms of the midfield, I mean, I suppose there's the options of Kenny McLean and. Anthony O'Connor as well. So I, I think perhaps McInnes could get away with not adding another midfielder tomorrow, but time will tell. He might have a his sleeve. Yeah, I will see what happens there. Uh, obviously, need to give Celtic some credit. Uh, Forrest, again, his his start season has been terrific. Uh, fantastic finish for his goal. Rodrix as well, his free kick. Uh, aye, as you said, when we were talking about European games and talking about just a squad, they are looking... Uh, pretty formidable and scoring loads of goals Def- still maybe you would say defensively they could still improve but I think the more that uh, Turi and Sviatchenko play together that'll probably come it's a surprising thing from a lot of people was uh, Craig Gordon getting dropped but yeah that was a big talking point because I suppose the one of the, the big things that um, you know I suppose has been used as vindication for Rogers' decision or his thinking really is uh, you know De Vries's kind of distribution of the ball and you know his ability to to move and pass the ball quickly yeah. um, and you know from from the highlights uh, you nearly gave a goal away you know just Aye. really poor kick out which Kenny McLean latched straight onto it's not as if you know Craig Gordon's limited in that area I don't feel I think Craig Gordon distributes it quite well um, but I suppose Rogers has worked with De Vries before in the same way with Touray Sinclair before yeah. and, and you know he wouldn't I, I don't think he'd have brought these players in if he didn't want put them straight into the the team, you know. He'll have identified these as areas that he wanted to strengthen and will have identified these players as trustworthy um, and reliable guys that can do a job for him. So um, I think that'll be that'll be pretty much that, which is a real shame for Craig Gordon given the progress he made in, in getting back into, you know, and playing regularly for Celtic and uh, you know, after the injury problems he had back into the Scotland setup as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, looked as if he had the you know the chance to play in the Champions League proper for the first time. So it's uh, it's heartbreaking for him, really. But yeah, 
I, I wouldn't rule him out, mind you. He's a resilient character. I wouldn't surprise if he gets back in the, the team at some point. Yeah, I certainly think he's better than just coming in for the League Cup tie or yeah. sort of being less game or, or whatever. If he isn't going to be featuring, then I'm, I'm sure he will probably seek a move because I think there's there's life in him yet. Oh, definitely. Uh, but I, I, I don't think there's probably much more to say about the Celtic Aberdeen game. I think probably probably covers it. Go back to Friday night, I think. Kamalik Rangers at Rugby Park. Friday night game. I, I don't think many people were expecting Kamalik to have much of a chance. Not at all. I mean, I was listening to the... Again, it's not a game I watched live, but I listened to it on the radio and just hearing the um, the Kilmarnock team being being announced before the game. And six changes Lee Clark made from the team that was 2-0 up at Dingwall the week before when I saw them. And for that day, I really, um, at that stage, didn't give them much hope at all of doing you know anything this season almost. <laughs> it was enough enough of a performance for almost write them off there and then. Yeah. Um, but, you know, fair play. Clark obviously identified the, the areas that that, that were weak that day and he, he managed to bring in the, the required changes and it's obviously delivered for him so he's, he's obviously got a, a real performance out of them when Rangers came along and you know they were outnumbered in their home ground as well I think weren't they yeah I think well, I, Rangers had two stands certainly aye, so, uh, at least uh, two stands out you'd imagine done right with other fans in the, the home end as well possibly aye, so the only seems stacked against Kilmarnock he's obviously managed to get a real performance out of them uh, which I suppose the evidence shows he can do when they need it you know uh, yeah, he obviously dug them out in the playoffs uh, in front of you know a, a big crowd at Rugby Park against Falkirk. You know, maybe he is a, a big game motivator. Yeah, but you know, having seen them, you know, for the I think it was the only time I've actually seen Kilmarnock live uh, or in the flesh under Lee Clark game at Dingwall. Last fair to say, I was not impressed. But um, fair play if, if he has addressed those weaknesses, that might be onto something. Yeah, I think as well. One thing so far this season, he seems to be getting the best out of Boyd. So that will yeah, help if yeah. he if if Boyd can potentially get say 15 goals this season then at least it gives Kilmarnock maybe the edge against someone like Hamilton who at times play very nice football but I don't, I still don't think they have a, a striker that will get them around the 15 goal mark I don't know that might, no. I might be proven wrong but I, I can't see anyone in the Hamilton team just now that would do that even as well to an extent Partick Thistle but I think Partick Thistle have got still a bit more about them than what the likes of Hamilton have yeah I mean Aki's yeah you're probably right they, they, they do probably lack that that goal scorer, um, they, they don't have a great deal up front, to be honest. But you know, I, I saw them against Ross County on, on Saturday, and they they were the deserved winners in, in that game. You know, without being spectacular, they were they were just a little bit more hungry for the for the result. But um, yeah, I mean, Chris Boyd could make a, a massive difference in you know determining Kilmarnock's position ahead of teams like you mentioned, Hamilton, Partick, and maybe Inverness. You know, Inverness, um, yeah, aye, but. You know, I, I, I think, you know, he's, he's there's obviously a, a bit of a, a slot there now that Josh McGuinness has, has moved on. Yeah. He was the man that did it for them last season. Boy, he doesn't still has, you know, doesn't still have the legs, but he maybe never did. But um, Yeah, he knows where the goal is, though. He knows where the goal is, yeah, and his finishing is, was class, you know. Yes. Exactly what he's kind of good at, really. Totally. Uh, the other thing as well with Kamaric is, certainly from what I've seen highlights-wise, again, I've never seen it. But uh, they seem to be quite physical, which was obviously mainly highlighted by uh, Taylor's tackle on Barton. But there was a few other ones that were, I, I would say, in prob- possibly instruction from the, the manager to just get stuck in. Yeah, don't let, don't let Rangers yeah. play, which is fair enough, as long as it's done by the letter of the law. Yeah, uh, I, I don't remember a great deal about Lee Clark as a player, but he was, was quite gritty, I think. Oh, yes, he was. Oh, I definitely. Uh, I, I was a very much heart, uh, hearts on the sleeve type player. Rolls leaves and get stuck in. Aye, oh, aye, definitely. Yeah, but but yeah, potentially positives for Kilmarnock. But they need to then do that against the teams that they'll be 
compete, well, the teams in and around them as opposed to maybe teams that will yeah. be up near the top. Yeah, they're the important positions can be defined. It's the head-to-heads against the teams in and around you. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Uh, moving on, I know you were at the, the Hamilton-Ross County game, but we spoke before we went on tonight and you said there wasn't really much to talk about there. Uh, Very little. So... It, was, uh, it was a struggle of a 650-word match report, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't wasn't a classic at all, just from having seen the highlights of all the other games. It's fair to say I probably drew the short straw this weekend. I think i seen somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but somewhere in the media, it might even have been Rob McLean talking about how Doug, Doug Emery is the Hamilton talisman. He's the, the main man. It's pro- probably a case for that, yeah. I mean, they, they, they took off um, Alexander Dacol, I think he is, uh, who, um, who started the game, and he'd, he'd done virtually nothing in the game. Um, they brought on Eamon Brophy, who, who was much more lively up front. He's just a young lad. They've got Louis Longridge. He was ill, wasn't able to play. But, uh, you know, the point you made earlier in terms of their you know, their strength up front, it's it's a lo- it's fairly limited, you know. Um, they, they, they really don't have a, a lot there at all. But their midfield's good. They get a lot out of Arian McKinnon, who was excellent, just a real industrious performance from him. Donati was class as well. Um, some good youngsters, as, as they always do. Greg yeah. Doherty, Darren Lyon were impressive. Um, and their goalkeeper on loan from Norwich made a full save to deny Gardine just seconds before he scored the winner. So, you know, they're, they get performances out of you know a number of their players. But it's, um, you know, it's you know to go back to the, the point you made about Kilmarnock potentially they're, they're rivals for avoiding the bottom two spots you know, the presence of someone like Chris Boyd where Hamilton don't have someone like that you know very significant come the end of the season yeah I know, I know they've got high hopes for Brophy I think he scored against Celtic didn't they last season I think yeah I think so right, yeah. Um, right. no, I, I was very impressed with him yeah he had a number of attempts when he came on just looked a lot busier and livelier than the, you know, the player he replaced so reasonably impressed by Hamilton but they, you know they didn't have to do a great deal to um, get the better of county. They, I think they want it mainly on you know just a greater desire really and, and, and hunger. I I seen the back entire comment about the surface that they never caught with the surface. Is that something that county struggle? I can't. Uh, I, you maybe not, a little not, better than me in terms of obviously at rugby park as well. No, they've, or, they've no. tended to win every time they've played right. at rugby park and at Hamilton. They've they've done fine as well. I think that's the first time they've lost at Aki's. Um, it was a game which came between Adams and McIntyre actually. Right. Okay. Um, it was the one game they played. In the interim period under Stevie Ferguson, and I think it was a four 0 okay. for County that day, uh, just after having promoted again. Yeah. So um, I don't think they've lost at this park since then, County. So no, the I mean the surfaces have been fine for County. They've got one at the, the Highland Football Academy at Dingwall. You know they've got one indoor and outdoor actually. They've got great facilities there. So they they've tended to adapt pretty seamlessly in, in the past. Right. Oh well, maybe just I don't know. Just I've seen back and tired had spoken about that. I thought. Just an off day, I think, really. Aye, just an off day. Maybe we just use that oh, as a, right. an excuse or something. Uh, I don't know. But uh, uh, do you, I suppose, maybe I'll talk about Ross County, deadline day tomorrow, uh, when we want to Inverness probably now a wee bit, but any yep. more transfer activity you expect? Or I know maybe you is can't say it. Is this a county first of all? But... County, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the main one that's come to light in the last couple of days is Prince Buaben. Um Right, okay. And although it's you know it's not dead as we speak, um it's looking fairly unlikely. The two clubs agreed um a deal that would see Buaben move for free, no transfer fee at all. Um and you know what what other add ons or whatever were involved in that I'm I'm not sure, but basically the the move stalled when County began talking with Buaben and his agent. Um they, right. they couldn't agree personal terms. Um although McIntyre isn't ruling 
it out. You know, the suggestions are that it's looking fairly unlikely just now. Things move really fast at this particular time of year, though. You know, in the last day of the the window, it can it can really you know pick up again. So I suppose that depends. You know, my, well. Sorry. No, it's, it's all right. But no, obviously it shows that McIntyre is still keen to strengthen midfield. Yeah. That's despite him signing Tim Chow from Wigan last week. Um, you know, so he clearly feels he's he's got more to do there. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's after a wide player as well. So we'll wait, wait and see. You know, it could be it might might even be more than one. Okay. But you know, McIntyre has before now signed out with the window. There's a number of the players in the county team. That, you know, some of his best signings actually have come um, out with the transfer window. Paul Quinn the first. Was Schalke after around. the window? Schalke was after the window as well, yeah. yeah. Craig Curran, I think, was before the window, yeah. uh, the January window. Um, yeah, I mean, Martin Woods as well was, was another one. So, you know, you can clearly see merit in, in, that, in that market. Not all of them work out, obviously. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you get some free agents that you know, are barely worth the paper their contracts are written on. But, yeah. you know, if he's got the scouting in place and he's got the awareness of the, the players that are free, that can be quite a handy way to, I suppose, not rush into buying players because, that's, I suppose, what the, the transfer deadline, you know, bring about a, a bit of a habit in doing, you know, panic buying. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, suppose, signing. I suppose inevitably as well, a lot will depend on what happens down south because once pl- players know their surplus requirements down there, whether it's loan deals or whatever, then that can impact on what happens up here. Especially... Quite often, yeah. Quite often it can be the last day before players yeah. will leave, yeah. So I suppose it's a case of watching this space tomorrow night and see what's ha- happening. Uh, yep. I, Edward S, I think you said their game, obviously... Foreign first victory, which yes, uh, is yeah massive. I think needed that probably. I'm, uh, I was delighted for him, yeah, yeah, because I mean it, it doesn't get any easier for Inverness. You know, just looking at the run of, of fixtures they've had already. Um, you know, they they obviously played Partick and Ross County in their first two games. Um, which you know you would have thought would have been a good opportunity to pick up some points. Um, the third game they they played was against Hearts, and that was just a demolition. Um, but after that, you know, the run of games, Johnson. Aberdeen and then Celtic. Yeah. It really didn't look like it was getting any easier for Chief Foran in search for that first win. But to get it against St Johnson just before the international break as well, yep. although it doesn't lift them off the bottom, it, it so creates the mood completely. Um, I mean, it, it, they know they've got a lot of work to do still, but yep. just to lift the, the monkey off their back. You know, I remember the county team two years ago when Jim McIntyre first came in was in a what looked like a slightly similar position. Um, you know, quite a, a new look team that. You wondered where that first win was coming from, and I think it was about seven or eight games before they finally got it. So um, to get it at this stage, when you know, all had been, you know, doom and gloom in the last few, it yes, was just crucial. Although I wasn't there myself, the celebrations of full time were seemingly of the the sort that haven't been seen around uh, Cali Park for a wee while. So stoppage time as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but by all accounts, I thoroughly. Uh, I mean, the stats show it far more chance than uh, St. Johnson. You know, just a, a crucial victory for them. The, the thing I'd know as well. Well, so far this season, at times, when Forum was getting interviewed, it was very much, he, uh, said to Hamish, I think it was the Ross County game, where he, he praised Ross County a fair, fair bit, but I don't know if it was kind of a bit of reverse psychology, trying to say, look, here's what County are doing, kind of, you need to be stepping up to the plate, to the players, it was almost like a bit of reverse psychology. Yeah. Of, but he looked, at times, as if in interviews, a bit, he almost looked defeated early on. Well, he's bit... quite a quiet guy. Um, I no, um, I mean, coming across very relaxed and very yes. um, very calm about situations, um, it doesn't... I mean, although it looked at times like he was maybe just low in confidence, which you would expect yeah. of a manager looking for his first league win, um, you know, it doesn't seem to have affected his, his mood or his, his, his general manner. 
um, you know, for a player that was renowned for being quite, you know, passionate in the way he played on the park. You know, Aye, that was a good player, yeah. He's he's managed to to rein it in pretty well so far. You know, on the on the touchline, he he has you know elected to pull off a calm approach and try and rub it off on the players as well. Quite often in disappointment. He's been relating it to real life problems and, and you know putting things in perspective that way. He's right. He's come across really well so far. I think made all the right noises and made some good signings as well. Very very unformed McNaughton. That was yeah, that absolutely. was really you know for a guy who um, well for the player himself it would problems with injuries in recent seasons. But from the number point of view as well, when you know everything was going against them, you know for that to to hit them so early on in the season, summer signing it was you know really gutting for them. But no, I mean, he, he's obviously he's, he's bolstered the squad with a few more additions. Billy King's done done quite well so far. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously got Scott Bowden that's come in from down south. He, yeah. he signed a, a French striker last week, Lonsana Dumboya. Seen that, yeah. Uh, so, you, you know, obviously a bit of an unknown quantity. He's, he seems to have done his homework on him and it's been, you know, he's had him identified for, for quite some time. So Sure. I, um, I read as well, possibly another two players in tomorrow. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. There's at least one for definite, I think. Um, and it's look, looking like it's going to be Brad Mackay coming in from St. Johnson. He, right, aye, I saw he, he was released, wasn't he? Yeah, left since on Monday. Yeah, it looks like he'll be one, uh, essentially, as a defensive option. Cover, yeah. Which he's been looking for since the McNaughton injury. Um, and I think he's also looking to, to sign another attacking player. But I think the word is that the player he's after is free. So uh, there isn't the rush to necessarily okay. bring him in tomorrow night. But, right. Uh, but I think he, he would be to get him in just to, to get him up and running. But oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah no, Rich, Richie Foran's certainly not not finished um, in the window either. So I'm expecting quite a, a busy night tomorrow, um, deadline day. Sure. Oh, well, it'll be busy for you if County and, and Vanessa both side in a couple of players. So yeah, good for, good well, for you. Well, it depends. Uh, obviously, the, the last transfer deadline day in January, I had the uh, had the Greg Tandy situation oh, thrust yeah, upon yeah. me, which was uh, a really busy one. So no, it's it's always a I've not had a quiet one yet. Yeah. I've, I've had about four transfer deadline days now, and there's been at least one signing that's kept kept sort of rumbling on before, the, before I've been able to call it a night. So I'll be it's better yeah, to sign... see in Sky Sports in, at the, <laughs> outside the ground or something like that. Ah, uh, well, as long as I don't get any uh, toys shoved in my ear, that's the main thing. Oh dear. Uh, I suppose as well, but in Vanessa, one thing that I've noticed, certainly about your lineups, he seems to be obviously added, trying to add a bit more width into the team, which maybe under Hughes there wasn't as much natural wasn't width. Wasn't as much natural width, yeah, that's exactly the term. He was, he was, I mean, there were players like Liam Polworth um, and laterally Miles Story actually last season, kind of getting shunted out wide. And it's um, it's something that Foran made very clear in his first press conference that he wanted to be more direct. Um, you know, a little bit more penetration down the down the wings, and you talk about toys again. Here's a thick one. Aye, we got the, the name of the podcast tonight nailed already, haven't oh, we? Oh, well, um, I see. I. <laughs> but no, the addition of Mulroney in particular; those were two of his first signings. You know, after he signed the pair of them, it was very clear what direction the team was going to go in. And Scott Bowden up front as well, different kind of striker to um, you know what they've had before. So. Um, you know the guy Dumbaya looks like he's going to bring them this physical dimension. Right. Um, Alex Fisher played at the weekend, and he's also another you know quite quite physical option for them. So um, they look like they could mix it up. But the core of the team, the spine of the team, is still as it was. You know, if you look at the yeah, the defence, like centre back and centre midfielder, yeah. Yeah, Warren and Meings, got Draper and Tansy. Obviously, the defence virtually is just 
just as is really, you yeah. know, with, with David Raven and, uh, you know, Carol Tremarco as the, the fullbacks. So, you know, they've got too many good players, I think, to, to really struggle as badly as a lot of people think they're going to. Although it might be difficult for them, I certainly don't see them being anywhere near the relegation zone. You know, I think they'll be pushing up towards the, the top of the, the bottom six. Right, OK. The top of the bottom six. Aye, if that's... Aye, I don't know. I know you mean. Probably think competing it's... for that. Maybe competing for that sixth place, possibly. For sixth? Aye. Or, possibly, or... yeah. I just think it'll be a lot harder with Rangers being in the league now. And I think, you know, although St. Johnson lost on Saturday, I think given how well um, they've done over the past few years and how consistently they've, you know been in the top six, you know, they, they deserve to be talked about as, as being a, a team that, that, that should be in the top six. And yeah, if definitely. they weren't yeah. in the top six, then they'd be they'd be devastated by that. You know, that would go down as a failure and, you know, given the standards they've set. So with that in mind, you know, there probably is only the one place that you would expect to be up for grabs. You know, if you've got Inverness, Dundee, Ross County, Partick Thistle, who've... Motherwell. Know, Motherwell as well, yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of teams that could be vying for the one place. Um, you know, that, that that's not to say that might end up getting sucked into you know that that sort of ruck of teams and there might be the two places that are available but yeah um I, i'm just meaning in terms of what what you'd expect you know the way the league would shape up um you wouldn't you wouldn't see st johnson you know kind of struggling i, I think despite the fact they they lost against inverness at the weekend they've done enough in recent seasons to merit being you know being talked about as a as a, a nailed on top six team i think yeah i would agree with that definitely uh what i suppose in terms of deadline day as well other things I did notice that might happen tomorrow, I don't know whether it will happen, but Marvin Johnson at Motherwell is handed in a transfer request, I believe. Yeah. So I don't know whether there'll be some kind of movement there tomorrow. I think they're after a fair 50 fee for him, but um, yeah, it looks like he probably is uh, heading away. I mean, he's, he's been impressive any time I've seen him. I've got to could be a you know a crucial loss for, for Motherwell. Yeah, I don't know whether there'll be anything else, but we'll move on to maybe the Scotland game, and that night ties in nicer with transfers. What's yep. happened recently, because... I think it was maybe Friday night, I think. I'd seen some speculation about a few teams like of Bayern Munich, Man United, a few other English clubs been in for Oliver Burke. Uh, yeah. Talent, who was at previous at Northern Forest, he's featured friendlies for Scotland. However, yeah. I thought it was maybe initially maybe just a wee bit of rumour. Didn't expect anything to come of it. And the next thing we know, on Sunday, he signed for Red Bull yeah. Leipzig for £13 yeah. million. Pound. So, wasn't it? And it's not as if he's played a lot of football for Forrest. I know he's had a terrific start to the season. Four goals in five games. And certainly when he did come on for Scotland in his debut, I can't remember, who was his debut against? Denmark, I think. Denmark. He looked a positive yeah. type of player. Like, you know, winger that certainly likes to take on players, but uh, maybe potentially a modern winger as well in terms of how physical he is and or the height of him. Yeah. It's not what you would... It's traditionally expect from a winger. Six foot two and so high, but out of the blue. Uh, potentially could be a good mood for him. I think that was their second highest signing, Red Bull. They're yeah. one to go places. Um, and potentially, I know that I've seen James McFadden in the press talking about, well, he's going there. The next possible move is Bayern Munich or something like that. Who, who knows? Well, that's, uh, I think that's exactly it. I think it's it's probably beneficial for him to, to go to a club where he's more likely to get a game at first team level than, than it would be if he was to go to Bayern Munich. I mean, you just have to look at the example of Ryan Gold, who yep, yep. obviously went to a massive club in, in sport in Lisbon. Um, so he's been out on, on loan already, hasn't he? Yeah, he's out on loan still to Victoria Setteville, yeah. but I noticed that the weekend he's in the squad. I don't know whether he's injured or why he wasn't yeah. involved. So, but so if, if, if this does enhance Burke's chances of, of getting a game, which, you know, you've got to remember from Nottingham Forest, the championship club, to the Bundesliga as a step up in its own right. So yeah. there is no guarantee, even with 
you know, uh, Leipzig. But it's, um, yeah, I think it's it, it's a cracking move. I'm really going to be very interested to look at his progress from here. And certainly, I, I hope that you know he, he does you know really kick on. But uh, I hope that there's not too much kind of pressure on him in a, yeah. in a way. You know, I mean, it's it's inevitable that there will be a lot of spotlight on him now. But um, you know, just that, that's obviously going to come with it's the Place level time, of transfer yeah. fee that's been shelled out for him. But and and obviously his age as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm sure if he's kind of monitored carefully and um, you know kept a, a lid on him, then he'll, he'll do absolutely fine. But um, yeah, really interested to see how he's in the next week. Yeah. I think the interesting thing with him is as well. Uh, obviously, born in Scotland, so he. I don't think there'll be any yeah. chance he's going to end up playing for another team when he's got any interest nah. relatives or that. But so that's Kirkcaldy so Lawrence, yeah. but, but he's been down there since he was what eight years old. You, you do notice a difference with Scottish youngsters when. They have come up through the, the youth ranks of an English club compared to a Scottish club in terms of just things like physique and ability. They, I know there'll be exceptions. There are exceptions up here. Maybe like Sir Ryan Christie, for example. But generally, I think you know, youngsters, Scottish youngsters that come through down south seem to have a better pedigree uh, and just be a bit more accomplished as a player. If I'm at an early age. Yeah. Okay. Well, Darren Fletcher. Well, that's Darren back is a, a huge going, example, yeah. Going yeah. back at a long time, but there have been other ones as well. Yeah. Bill Bardsley, maybe as well. Like, so that, but, so, yeah. But, see what yeah. happens. Whether, whether they, they'll... Yeah, you would think with the fee that they've paid that he's going to be featuring in the first team squad yeah, exactly, yeah. straight away. Yeah. I don't think he's been signed to, to give him time to develop. I think he'll be straight yeah. in, in and about the squad. So, But hopefully, potentially, it's a huge positive for Scotland and even further, maybe a catalyst for other young Scottish players to think well it's not to be all end all to go down south go to England yeah. oh, it does also sound like not worked out yes that's, so that's far right. but no, it does sound it? like he's to bypass the under 21s as well you know yep. he's kind of gone straight from 19 to the senior squad so um, you know he clearly has unnoticed uh, you know this uh, this price tag is proof of that but uh, I'm hopeful that, that he will make a good impression and I'm not giving up hope on Ryan Gold either to be honest oh, yeah. I still think there's you know, enough reason to believe that he will come good himself but you know, it's it's obviously reaching quite a crucial period in his career. So, you know, maybe not surprised if, if he ends up coming back to Britain, um, if not Scotland itself. But I think he's possibly certainly... on a season-long deal at that Victoria de Setebill. So maybe it's just <clears throat> he's adapting to the, maybe their system. They could play very different football to Sporting Lisbon maybe or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the, the other one that Hamish he spoke about last week, which I can't, well, both of us will have a bit of interest in because he's an ex Aberdeen player. Uh, Notice Ryan Fraser's now getting games for Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, did really well in the game last week. Man U? I remember. Uh, Possibly. Was it Man U? No, that was the opening day of the season. Maybe, maybe he played in that one as well. But he certainly yeah. played like, in West Ham they were playing last week. He played in the weekend as well, I noticed, and pretty much last season. Yeah. He played for 88 minutes, so I, 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 another player that's at a good age, so potentially <coughs> we could have the likes of Burke, Gold, Fraser. Yeah. And around the Scotland team, play, ideally playing Forrest now, who's starting to look like he hopefully could make an impact as well. Well, that's the thing with Forrest. He's had more of a chance than any of these players. You know, I, I don't... I never quite feel that Forrest's ever, ever grasped that at international level. Yeah. I've, I've always disappointed. Um, although I do rate him, you know, a cracking player. Just never quite seen it in a dark blue jersey. Um, you know, I've seen glimpses and I've seen flashes, but I've never just quite seen enough of a, an end product, um, you know, to merit... Uh, you know, a regular place well, in, the, in the starting 11. Fair in the squad, but yeah. um, I, I would agree with that. But, I think just with the start of the season, he's had he's at buy-in form. Yeah, uh, yeah, for uh, sure. No, I mean, there's no, you, know, you can't put any of, uh, you know, value on you know having options at international level. It's 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 brilliant, you know, to have a number of players that are all vying for you know the same position. 
here's hoping you know can maybe bring the best out in them if they you know if that if that's what helps their their performance. Yeah. You know, the the other going back to actually transfers in terms of Scottish players, the other one that was uh, looks like a good move is how signing David Marshall. Yeah, which interestingly enough, when McGregor comes back, will probably mean he won't play. You'll need to move on. Yeah, I mean, how long is McGregor looking to be out for? Is that a long term one? I think a, I think a fair amount of time. I think. Yeah. So, I mean, he's had problems the last couple of years, McGregor. Yeah. So, you know, probably a good thing for Marshall to to be stepping up to the Premier League. Definitely, um, yeah. Because I mean, there's no question he is now Scotland's number one. And yes. Um, you know, the fact that Mar- uh, McGregor is injured and Gordon's now perhaps not going to be playing is only going to further you know strengthen that that grip. So. You know, if he's playing in the Premier League now, so it's for Scotland. And yeah, you know, I think one of the best seasons he he had actually as a as a goalkeeper was the season he had with Cardiff when he was probably the busiest goalkeeper in the Premier oh, League. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, if that helps to sharp and ready for perhaps performing a similar role with Scotland, then uh, you know, dare I say it, in a, a certain fixture in November at Wembley, um, you know, that that that's all the all the better really. Yeah. Um, I think as well, kind of going through the squad. I know Strachan said he doesn't; he's not going to play players that aren't playing for the clubs. But you look through. I, I saw an article. I, can't, I think maybe in BBC website or the Guardian, something like that. And start off with the defenders. And at the weekend, Grant Hanley never yeah. played. Alan Houghton never played. Russell Martin never played. That's three of the regular back four from the last campaign not starting. So will well, they play? Will they, will they play on Sunday? Yeah, well, I mean that's that's true. It could be quite a test of his word. Alan Hutton's made a, a career out of that, though, hasn't he? he has, <laughs> certainly, yeah. the, certainly his English career that he's had. Definitely. It's, uh, he's almost, there was a time when he basically a, a Scotland. Scotland was his club involvement. And, aye, you know, aye, yeah. He would he would go away for a, a break with his actual club, you know. Aye. Um, so it was quite baffling, but Dead yeah, is. wait and see. I mean, defence. Is the you know the weakest part of the, the Scotland team, and you know so if those three players aren't getting a game, then you have to wonder who would come for them. You know, given yeah. that these have been fairly regular. But yeah, wait, wait and see. I mean, I'm not quite sure to expect from from the Maltese, but uh, clearly a, a vital game for us. Absolutely. Well, I think I'd seen. I think there was, I can't remember who it was, but a, a, a Scottish player, not anyone that's that well known, has played football in Malta, and just mentioned the fact. I think it was Italy and Croatia. Both struggled to win in Malta, uh, and they won one 0 So it's not nil, it's not going to be a gimme, uh, especially with Scotland involved. It's never really a gimme, but no, um, it could be a very awkward fixture. The fact of so many players that we that regularly were starting last season not playing. If you look at the midfield as well, Anya wasn't even in the Watford squad. Yeah, Morrison at West Brom not in the West Brom squad. Yeah, Snodgrass came off injured. Uh, MacArthur's pulled out the squad. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it is, it, all of a sudden it is looking a little bit weaker. So that yeah, chance might arrive for the guys like Oliver Burke, as you say. Certainly, Fanya's, you know, maybe not getting as much of a, a look in just now. What what better reason, you know, what better excuse than to to to, to fling in a guy that's riding crest of a wave just now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, but you know, MacArthur one is one that I'm disappointed about. You know, after Scott Brown's decision to retire. Um, I really thought that, that you know James MacArthur was the, the ready-made replacement. I've, yeah. I've always been really, really impressed with MacArthur, and perhaps he's been a victim of, of Scott Brown's performances. You know, yeah, I'd agree with that definitely. Um, and, and you know that's maybe what's held him back in, in really becoming a, a mainstay in the team because I, I think MacArthur's been worthy of it with his level of performance over yeah. the last couple of years, and, and so you know his his name was the one that sprung to, to my you know the forefront in my mind when when Brown decided to. To, to pack it in, and uh, and so this is you know disappointing to to see that he's he's now pulled out. Yeah, he's not brought in a midfield replacement as well. 
I've noticed. He's brought no. in uh, Tony Watt and Wallace, isn't it? I think Lee Wallace. So yeah. I I would think possibly we'll go with Fletcher and McGinn. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I mean Fletcher obviously is the favourite now to be captain. That's not been confirmed yet, I don't think, is it? No, 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 don't think so. so. Um, and McGinn, very impressive in the game that he played against uh, Denmark. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, that could very well work, yeah. Um, I hope Snodgrass is fine for the weekend, because I think Snodgrass can, can add a fair bit of quality for, for Scotland. Yeah, he's been missed, hasn't he? There's no yeah. question about that. He's kind of maybe what uh, Jimmy Calder would used to refer to as a, a gallus player. Yeah. He's not a donkey. He's scared of anything. No. Uh, but that strikers though, Griffiths has unfortunately pulled out. M- much as it might not matter because Stephen Fletcher in the squad would have probably started anyway. But uh, Fletcher, Naismith and Martin have got one goal between the three, I think. Yeah. So uh, far, so far this season. <laughs> yeah, Griff- whereas Which... Griffiths has been you know, firing goals in against you know European opposition as well as domestically. So, um, no, I mean, I, I really hoped Griffiths would get his chance this time around. So that's, again, that's two... Um, you know, withdrawal. I am very disappointed about because both of them would have been in my team. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, tracking the excuse along similar lines, and I like to go with Fletcher once again. But yeah, I mean, the the lack of goals in Fletcher, Martin, and Naismith. We got Naismith as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite quite alarming, really. But uh, uh, you, maybe you never know. Maybe Tony Watt will come in and you play. Thank you, Aldo. But. Possibly, uh, by all accounts, his performances have been hurt so far. Um, wouldn't have been the, the choice I'd have picked, but... That donkey's um, match fit yet, but there's been the talks. He maybe still need more games to get... Yeah. Feel up to match still, up this bit. I'm still left wondering what Ross McCormack um, <laughs> needs to do to, to, you know, get a place in the squad, because he came in for one of the games last year. It was the Czech Republic game, and yeah, set set up a goal with a yeah. wonderful assist. You know, just exactly what we've been lacking, really. I think you know, a, little, a little bit of guile through the middle. If I think if Strachan was in the job, maybe he would get a chance. But even then, though, McCormick never got a chance under the previous manager as well much. Yeah. So, yeah. for whatever reason, but it seems crazy when he's... Well, it was more... Along well, with the, he's certainly the player that scored the most goals over the last maybe five seasons. Yeah. I think. But, I mean, a chance fell to... You know, a crucial chance to win a game fell to, to either Jordan Rhodes, Ross McCormack or Chris Martin. Who would you Who would you want it to? <laughs> it's a, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just a, a puzzling one, really, given... I mean, I, I just don't see what Chris Martin brings to the setup at all. Or a, Can't see either. A value for him or a merit in his inclusion. Hopefully, on that sweep, we're talking positive, positively and we get three points, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll probably move on from that. I believe we have got a charity bet. I don't think we've got a first goal scorer bet, but we'll maybe get that confirmed later on in the week. However, I think we'll pick a treble from the Iron Blue Cup. Sounds good, yeah. And that can go to the business of tonight. Anything that takes your fancy? I'm just having a quick glance of the fixtures here. Um, yeah, pretty intriguing ties. Uh, I mean, Brecon City have started really well in League One. They're not far off the top. Um, they're up against Dunfermline. Only won once so far. and um, Perhaps that is a shock, if you fancy. But It's a different one with the Cup, because you don't know uh, when enough teams will best players or what they'll do. Well, that's it. yeah, because I mean, this this is what clubs will consider the or least important of the. Oh, well, that that said, it's probably their best chance of winning silverware. But yeah, um, you know, for the lower league clubs, um, you know, at the bottom end of the, um, you know, the the SPFL, there is obviously less chance of, of landing a, a giant. So it might be one that where we do not see as many shocks as, as perhaps we would in, in other competitions. I suppose you're you'll have the odds in front of you, do you? <laughs> well, I was just about to say that. I can't find any odds with my bookie just now in the Cup. 
Um, right. So that's maybe an issue. What we'll maybe do is we'll maybe not pick a bet then, just in case. Okay. Um, if there is a bet, tweet it at CFF Podcast during the week. But Sounds good. We can all come to an agreement. Aye. So I think that probably wraps up things for the night. Unless there's anything else you want to discuss, Andy. No, that sounds good. Um, a good time to wrap it up. Aye. Uh, good to have you back on, hopefully. Aye, thanks for having back us. Back on again soon. Yes, aye. Once I've got uh, caught up on a bit of sleep after deadline tomorrow. Oh, aye. I'm off on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to sitting up tomorrow and watching it, and then potentially, if there's light deals as well, seeing what happened on Thursday. So, yep. Aye, good stuff. Right, cheers, Andy. Excellent. Cheers, John. Cheers. Bye.